Well, good evening and welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. And if you would grab your Bible, we're going to get started tonight right off the top. We've got a lot to kind of get through. We're in a brand new series called Plain James, and we're walking through the book of James. And if you turn to James chapter 2, we're going to skip ahead a little bit. Next weekend, we're going to talk about favoritism, and uh, then we'll be right back on track. But we're going to go to James chapter 2, verse 14, in just a second. And uh, again, uh, this weekend too, we've, we're, we're really going to be speaking a lot about the West Campus and some things that are going to be happening with that. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy the service tonight. But I want to get right into the message and uh, just start right there in verse 14 of James chapter 2. The Bible says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds or actions? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and one, one of you, he speaks, speaking to Christ followers here, says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons in hell believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you, uh, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Now he gives us some illustrations here in verse 21. Was it not Father Abraham considered righteous for what he did and when he offered his own son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was accredited Unto him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Verse 25, he gives another illustration. The same way, even Rahab the prostitute considered herself righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies. This is back in the Old Testament and Joshua when the children of Israel are taking over the, the promised land. Uh, when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Now remember, James is speaking here to the church in the first century. James is the younger brother of Jesus Christ. Uh, James has walked this out. James is very straightforward. He pulls no punches. You know, he says, are you foolish? Have you lost your ever-loving mind? That's what we would say today. You know, are you gone crazy? Here's the way this works. And, and, he, and he basically talks about, when he's talking about faith, here's the working definition for faith. It's salvation in Jesus Christ. When he says that faith without works is dead, faith is salvation in Jesus Christ. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Faith, that's what he means. When he talks about works or action, here's the definition. It's a life that's lived for God upon faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's a life that is lived for God upon faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the word, I like the word action better than the word works. Uh, because I think it kind of more defines it and describes it in our context. However you want to say it is fine. But basically, uh, he asks the question here, can faith be faith without action? Can faith, salvation in Jesus Christ, really be faith, really be salvation in Jesus Christ without action? Now, and then he answers it and he says, no, that faith without action is dead. Faith without action is dead. Now, this has been a huge debate in the church since the first century. How much action do we have? How much faith do we have? Where's the magical line? Again, nobody outside the church is asking this question, but we inside the context of the local church ask this question. 
So let's talk about that just for a second. Uh, because works do not, or actions do not save us. The Bible says it's by faith that we're saved, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, lest any of us would brag or would begin to boast. So we know that salvation, faith, and Jesus Christ is, is, is a gift from God, that, that God gives us, that we, we choose to follow Him, that we're not rock'em, sock'em robots, that we're moral free agents, that we have the ability to choose to love God or choose not to love God, to choose to accept Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior or choose not to accept Him. And some of you may be here tonight and you're kind of kicking tires on this thing called faith and, and you're deciding, are you going to be a Christ follower or are you not? And where do you find, find the, the line and where the line is on that? And, and the bottom line in essence, is this. It's by faith that we're saved. It's by the grace of God that we're saved. Through faith, it's a gift of God, lest any of us should boast. The Bible says we believe in our, in our mouth, and we, 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 excuse me, we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart, Romans 10, 90, 10, 9 and 10, that God is who the Bible says that he is, that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is, and that we're saved. Period. You don't have to do an action. You have to do, and you go, well, oh, I don't know about that. Well, Give you case in point, the, the, uh, the thief on the cross. Jesus, when he's suspended between heaven and earth, he's dying on Calvary's cross for the sins of humanity. He has two thieves, one on the left and one on the right. The one on the left curses him. He's a fool. The one on the right says, you know, son of David, have mercy on me. I mean, Jesus, you are who, who you say that you are and have mercy on me. And what does Jesus say to that one that begs and asks for mercy? He asks for grace. He extends faith. He believes that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And that's pretty cool. I mean, think about it. The guy's a thief. He has no ability to do any kind of action, any kind of sacrament, any kind of activity. He doesn't have the ability to clean himself up and come to God. God accepts him just as he is. That's how God accepts us. That's how we're saved. And so salvation doesn't come by joining a church. Salvation doesn't come by, by, uh, by, by going to church. Um, you know, going to church, I say this all the time, doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to Taco Bell will make you a chalupa. It just doesn't happen, right? And there, there are some people, though, that think if I go to church, if I go to Mass, if I go every week, if I, I get points, you know, it's like a point system in the kingdom and I'm a frequent flyer in the kingdom of God, and then all of a sudden I'm going to make it to heaven, and that doesn't hold any theological water. It's by grace that we're saved through faith in Jesus Christ. So James, isn't, he's not debating that. But what he is saying is that if all you do is say, well, I've just accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, and that's it. That's the beginning of a life lived for God. That, that faith, that salvation experience is, is kind of like first base. Yeah, you're going to heaven. Yeah, you've got a relationship with God. But, but God wants to give you... Uh, he wants to give you a life and life to the fullest, according to John chapter 10, verse 10. The Bible says that the enemy of our soul goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But that Jesus Christ has come that we may have life and life to the full. So that this side of eternity, he's come that, 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 the, that the burden would be easy and the, and the yoke would be easy and the burden would be light. That, that we could cast all our cares upon him. And so that when, when we're walking through rough ways and we're walking through trials and through temptations, like we talked about last week, that he would be with us. Because we all face trials and temptations, whether you're a Christ follower or you're not. But in the life of a Christ follower, man, God will be there with you. And so what God wants us to do is go beyond just an initial faith in Jesus Christ of accepting him as personal Lord and Savior. Go to the next level and invite him into our heart and our life, take it to the next level and live a life out for him. That's what action is. So when we're talking about this faith and action, it's not an either or, it's a both and. When we're talking about faith and action, it's not an either or. It's not faith 
or action. It's both and. That's what James is saying. Don't get hung up. Just say, well, I have faith. And you bring the actions. Kind of like, you bring the salsa and I'll bring the chips. It doesn't work that way. Bring them both. It's not about you having faith and you having action and you believing for this and you acting upon it. It's we do both in the life of a Christ follower. I've given my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to go live a different way. I'm going to go walk a different way. Jesus Christ has renewed me from the inside out. And I may fall, but I'm going to get up. And I may stumble, but he's, his grace is going to be sufficient. And if, I, and if I sin, I'm going to ask him to forgive me because he's faithful and just to forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, his Bible, the Bible says. So it's not an either or, it's a both end. I want to have faith in Jesus Christ that's strong, but I want to have actions in my life. And why would I want to have actions? Well, Jesus says this. Don't store up for yourself treasures on this earth where thieves can break in and steal and moths and, 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 moths and, and rust and dust can collect and, and destroy. But store for yourself treasures in heaven. How do I store for myself treasures in heaven? It's the actions that I have this side of eternity based upon my faith in Jesus Christ. It's the things that I do in his name. It's the things that only he knows. It's when I go serve someone or I go help someone or, or I give of my time or I give of my talent or I give of my treasure. I, I bring the tithe. I, I, I go on a missions trip. Whether I, 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 I do an outreach. I, I help a neighbor. I, I do it. Whatever I do in the name of the Lord, the Bible says I am putting up for myself treasure in heaven. And you go, well, does that make a difference? Well, according to Revelation, it does. The Bible says, based upon the activity that we have done for the name of Jesus Christ, we will be rewarded the other side of eternity. We don't talk a lot about this, and I'm not going to go into the whole eschaton of time at this point in time, but let me give you an abridged version of this. We will stand before God, and based upon what we've done, upon the faith that we've had in Him, the actions that we've done, based upon the life, doesn't get us into heaven, Okay? But the Bible says, based upon that activity and based upon those actions, that he will reward us. And it's not based upon, am I good enough, am I better than Billy Graham, or am I better than Pastor Aaron, or am I better than my sweet grandmother? It's based upon the gifts and the talents and abilities that he's giving me. He'll only judge me against me. I believe on that day, I'll see a true image of what I could have been completely for him and what I was. And upon that, he will reward me, the Bible says. And then I'll take that crown of life and I will lay it at the feet of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. So I don't know about you, but I don't really care what you think about what I'm doing this side of eternity. What I do care is when I get to the other side, does he care about what I did this side of eternity? It's not whether or not you know if I gave or you know if I contributed or you know if I served or you know if I helped. It's whether does he know. It's not whether or not you know my name or the pastor knows your name. It's whether or not does he know your name. Oh, you know the name of Jesus, but does he know you? That's the thing. Because here's the deal is the Bible says God knows those that are his. And, and when he sees me, I want him to call me his own. I want him to call me by name and say, Aaron, can, just stop for a second. This isn't anywhere in my notes. Won't that be incredible? When Jesus Christ, you stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords knowing that the life on this earth is finished. That you've ran the race. And that he, I don't know what his voice will sound like, but that he will call you by name. You know what I'm talking about? 
And that's what James is saying. Look, brothers and sisters, don't get all hung up on this and that. Have faith and have actions. Make sure that you have faith in Jesus Christ because he's the only one that can save you. And make sure that based off of that faith in him that you do everything you can this side of eternity to leverage your time, your talent, your treasure for the kingdom. And in essence, here's what he's saying. This equation kind of sums it all up. Faith plus action is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ, because he's the only one that can save our souls, and the action, the life that's lived upon that faith, that's what it means to be a Christ follower. That's the reason why Jesus said, before you follow me, count the cost. Because it's more than saying a prayer. It's more than, than, than a get-out-of-jail-free card. It, 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 it's about I am turning my back on the world and giving my life to him. And before we conclude tonight, I just simply want to ask you a simple question. What's your action? What's the step that you need to take? What's the things that you need to do? You know, you don't need me. You don't need a Bible lesson. You don't need a PowerPoint. You don't need a, like a multimedia presentation to tell you. You know if there's a student at school you need to reach out to. You know if there's someone across the street that you need to reach out to. You know if there's a need that the Lord's put on your heart. You know if there's an opportunity. You know if there's a mission trip. You know if there's something in your life that you need to get right with him and surrender it to him. You know whether you need to make a move maybe from, vocational, from, from marketplace ministry to vocational ministry or vice versa. Whatever it is, what is that action? And I would encourage you, whatever that is, whatever that next step is, take it. Because only what's done for him will last. Well, let's talk a little bit about Life Church for just a second because that's kind of what we want to talk about this weekend. What's the next step? How do we live this out? So we decided that what we were going to do is that we were going to um, make this an, a time where we were going to talk about the reasons why we are doing the West Campus because faith without actions is dead. And just because we say that we love God, just because we say that we love this community, just because, just because we say that we care about these things doesn't really mean anything if we don't have actions. So I want to walk you through a couple of things as I sit down here. And Jeremy Chapman is going to come out here in just a second. And we're going to talk a little bit about this whole West Campus and what's happening with this West Campus deal. But I want to talk to you for a few minutes because this is the next phase for us. This is how we show that kind of action, that kind of activity. You know, there was a season in the life of the church where it was about adding, it was about adding services. That's how we did that. There was a season in the life of the church, and, and life in the church kind of goes in seasons where we were reaching forward and, and reaching out in the community, and we continue to do that. We don't stop that. We continue to do that. There have been seasons where we went to buy property, and so Prime 29 started, and Prime Property at a Prime Price at a Prime Place, and so that began. And something the Lord laid on my heart in the late of the, of the summer was that we were to, gave me the green light to, to go and begin a new campus. Now, this is something that's been on my heart for several, several, several years that I've been praying. I've just been waiting. God, when's the right time? When's the right time? When's the right time? Uh, because I have a heart not just for Germantown, but I have a heart for this metropolitan Milwaukee area. And I want to see God do some great, great, great things. And so part of that fuels, there's a couple of things that fuel this. And, and, and so... We got that green light to do this West Campus. And I want to explain just for some of you that may be hearing this for the first time or relatively new, just a little bit about that. Um, is part of it's the, it's the Great Commission. You need to understand, for me, it's all about going to all the world and preaching and teach the gospel. I am an evangelist at heart. I love to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ, mature in that faith in Jesus Christ, and serve a hurting and a lost world. I don't care about building buildings. I don't care about steeples and stained glass. I don't care about big budgets. I don't care about, I care about lost and hurting people that are far away from God, connecting to someone that can change their life. And so 
so, and the great thing about the Great Commission, it, it says for us to go, but it never says how. Isn't that cool? God doesn't tell you how, he just says go. Because if he told us how, we'd all get caught up in, well, you got to do it like this. And there are churches that tell you, you got to do it like this. And those guys are smoking crack because the Bible doesn't say that. <laughs> Can I believe he just said that, Margaret? I'm telling you. That's what's killing the church in America is that we keep saying, well, you got to do it like this. Well, who says you have to do it like this? There's no book. Show me chapter and verse. Show me chapter and verse. I see a Lord and Savior who was, was crucified by the critics of his day because he ate with the publicans and with the sinners and with the prostitutes. And he said to them, is it not the sick that need uh, the physician, not the well? That's what we're called to do, folks. We're not the insiders. We're the outsiders. <laughs> we're those that are called to go. And, and So I, I, I'm preaching for another day. Uh, the, the, the other thing that I began to realize about Milwaukee, and this is an awesome thing, is that Milwaukee's very what I would call community-centric. And what that means is everybody kind of lives in certain areas, and, and, and most people in the metropolitan area of Milwaukee, they work, live, and worship in the exact same county. That's not true of all places, metropolitan areas in the country. Milwaukee is the 19th largest city in America. There are 40 cities or 39 cities in America that, that the, the metropolitan uh, population is a million or more. Milwaukee is the 19th largest. It's one of the shortest commuter times that we have because most people work, live, and worship in the exact same community in which they live. Now, some of this is, is, comes from, from the Catholic background of parishes. This isn't wrong, it's just the way things have been done. Is that, is that based upon the geographical location of where you live, that's where you went to church. And so people went to church for years and years and years right where they lived. And, and that's how parishes are set up. And, um, and so the reality is, is we began to look at this and go, wow, most people will work, shop, worship, live in, a very, in about a 20-minute radius of their house. And so what we began to realize is that that same number was very true at Life Church. That we would have people that would show up from different parts of the city, of the metropolitan area. But most of those people did not stick unless they lived within a 19-minute 19 19 drive from the church. And if they weren't Christ followers, they didn't. And so the reality is, is we're not here, because there's tons of great churches in Milwaukee you can go to. We're not here to, to, to try to service the need of another church. There's tons of great churches that do that. But we want to reach people that are far away from God. And, and the last thing is that, is that we begin to realize in our facilities, we're doing everything we can. And, and I mean that. Not just me as a lead pastor, but you as a congregation, we together, do everything we can to steward in a responsible manner this prime property at a prime price at a prime place. And so we feel like we've got to pay this off before we build. Well, bottom line is we can go to four, we can go to five, we can go to seven weekend services. But I only get the most unchurched hour of the week is 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. The biggest visitor flow that we have, especially from people that are far away from God, is 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Just is. Because that's the most unchurched hour of the week. People will go to church more there than, than they will any other, any other time. And so the reality is, is we only get one of those a week and I only have 400 seats. And so we try, and, and you guys are so great about coming here on Saturday nights, and we try and we do all this and that, but at the end of the day, we realize we only have so much space. So what are we going to do? Well, we have three responses. Number one, we can just close, close our eyes and just say, go to hell with the world. That's what a lot of churches do. Who cares? This is as much as God wants to give us. I, I, I'm not like that, neither are you. We, we, could, we could plant a church 
the, the, and that's not a bad idea, but the thing about planting a church is sometimes you lose the DNA because you're, it's, it's, it's an offspring, just like your children are offspring of you, but they're not exactly like you. Maybe they're like your spouse. I don't know. But anyhow, people are looking at me like, oh, yeah, praise them. Okay. And so, and so proximity to Germantown, lack of DNA, uh, it's very expensive to do that. It's not a bad idea, but we, the other option was to try something new and to experiment. And so I got a green light from the Lord to, to do this West Campus. And I came to you, and you so generously responded on our 10-year anniversary at the Germantown High School with $50,000, basically, that weekend in cash. And that's what we set as a budget. And I told you, I'm going to ask you to bring more money, and I'm not going to ask you to bring more money. And God is using that amount of money. But what's amazing is, is that we were able to do a new campus and, and why would we do a campus? Why do a campus? Well, first of all, it's way more efficient because of the fact that we're able to reproduce and, and reuse at the same time simultaneously what we're already doing here. It's the same DNA, so we don't have to create new websites, new graphic designs. It's just replicating. It's, it's the same church. It's just two locations. It would be like adding another service time. It would be like God gives us another 10 o'clock hour without having to spend a whole lot of money, Right? Because you realize, like, phase one is probably going to cost us somewhere between 4 and $5 million. That's how stinking expensive it is. I don't like it either. Some of you are going, oh, ouch, oh, me. That's right, because you know where I'm going to get the money from? From you. So, <laughs> Right? I don't have that kind of money, but you do. Praise God. So just give it right now in the name of Jesus. Now, so this, this, this campus makes sense because we're walking into a facility that seats 500 in the, in the auditorium. And we're paying, like just hundreds of dollars a week to utilize it. Amen. That's a whole lot better than five million. Can I get a witness in the house? So, unless y'all, I feel like somebody want to give. Maybe Gary, we need to take an offering right now. I'm not getting much, much response on that. So, so the deal is, do that. It, it, it works. It's this, what we're doing is working with most growing megachurches in America. It's happening. It's not happening as much here in Wisconsin but we feel like it's time to kind of change that a little bit. And it fits our culture because we've been using video because of these polls. We've been using video uh, and been able to kind of perfect that and use that. So I want to take you on a journey today. Jeremy and I, we're going to do some Q&A based upon the questions that you had last week. And we're going to take you on a little bit of a journey today about what this is going to look like. So we're going to first go to a video here in just a second. You're going to see the location of this new campus that we're launching, April the 3rd. Is that right? April the 3rd? April the 3rd, and at 9.30. And then we're going to answer some questions that you ask and then some other questions that we've gotten, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. So turn your attention to the screens, and we'll come back to answer some Q&A. Hey, Life Church, this is Jeremy, your campus pastor, and I'm going to take you on a little road trip today. Not just any road trip, but we're going to head to the West Campus located at the Marcus Majestic Cinema. So we'll hop in my salt-coated car, and I'll show you a few landmarks along the way. Let's go. I give myself to find you, stumble and fall to see you. You're worth it all. To me, you are. I swim across the Stormy seas and screaming from the mountain peaks, you're worth it all. Good. There's only 
gotta turn it. I gotta turn it. We gotta, we gotta get there. They know we're coming, really, they do. I set this appointment up. They're, uh, here they come right now. Well, welcome to the West Campus. Here's the lobby. What you'll notice here is really clear signage. It'll be color consistent with Life Church design. Uh, there's tons of soft seating and social gathering areas. It's a very social atmosphere. Of course, you know that we'll have greeters. Uh, to help point people in the direction that they need to go. We'll have guest services that will be located in this lobby. Guest services will host our brochures and our signups, uh, available resources. We'll also have a LifeTrack kiosk. Again, LifeTrack will be the way in which people can learn about the doctrine and the DNA of Life Church, find out how they can get involved in life groups, serving, and possibly even membership. So this is the West Campus lobby. Uh, again, it's going to be easily accessible, clearly, uh, clearly designed and laid out so that everybody's going to know where they need to go, and it's going to be very consistent with some of the things you'll see at the Germantown campus already. Um, let's head over here. I'll show you some more of the facilities. One of the first questions that I get asked when telling people about the West Campus is what Life Kids is going to look like. Are we going to be able to do exactly the same things that we do at Germantown? And the answer is yes. Right here in this area will be a Life Kids check-in with the touch screen, uh, computer monitors, the scan cards. Again, just the exact same process and way in which we do things at the Germantown campus that is going to be able to happen here. There's free Wi-Fi and so from an attendance standpoint for things that matter for us as far as uh, just being able to know where people are and when they've come, that's all going to be able to happen because we do all of our all of our uh, people tracking online and so that can happen. So right here will be Life Kids check-in center for both elementary and uh, preschool, early childhood, all that will happen right here. So after your child is checked in, what you'll do is you'll come here. This is the early childhood drop zone. We have uh, areas for both preschool, for toddler, for nursery, and that'll be right inside this birthday room. This birthday room was actually originally designed as, uh, by Marcus. It was supposed to be an area for childcare. Uh, again, trying to be a flagship theater, and it is a flagship theater. Uh, they, they designed it that there would be childcare in this facilities. It unfortunately flopped majorly for them, but it works out beautifully uh, for us and that it's going to be a great facilities uh, for us to be able to host early childhood, uh, Life Kids Early Childhood. They'll be able to continue to have their DVD curriculum on the preschool. We'll be able to add rugs and rockers and pack and plays um, and do whatever we can to make this the best possible facilities for your kids. Moving down the hallway a little bit further, we'll go to the Life Kids Elementary space.
Right here in this space, this will be the Life Kids Elementary drop zone. Again, once your child is registered, you bring your sticker um, and you come to this area and that's where they'll be received by the Life Kids Elementary staff. Uh, in this general vicinity right here, we're working on something that we think is pretty cool. If you go in our student center in Germantown, you notice that we have a Mac bar, the video game stations, things of that nature. Uh, what we're working on right now is designing a portable gaming system that on one side will have TVs and a Wii and an Xbox. And on the other side, instead of a Mac bar, what we're actually looking at doing is an iPad bar that students would be able to go and play different games, appropriate games uh, on iPads as a, as a great substitute to the Mac bar portable, cost-effective, uh, a, a cool factor for kids and excitement for them to want to come as well as bring their friends. This is the Life Kids Theater. It seats 71 people and it's essentially a plug-and-play ready room. Literally, all we need to do is bring a laptop and the DVDs, things that we'll be using. They have wireless mics here already provided for us. Awesome seating, reclining. What kid isn't going to want to come to church in this theater? Um, let's go this way. I'll show you what we got planned for the adults. Let's go look at that ultra screen. So here we are, the ultra screen for adults, Pastor Aaron and the vision of Life Church larger than life. Let's go check it out. So this is the ultra screen. This is where our adult services will be held it's going to be amazing this theater is the largest theater single auditorium in wisconsin it seats 477 people it's got cushy spring back nice loaded seating this auditorium features a 72 foot wide screen 50 foot ceilings professional acoustics uh, hd sound and picture things of that nature that are going to bring the adult experience to a, a whole new level it is truly going to be an amazing facilities for us to be able to host Again, the, the mission of Jesus Christ and the vision of Life Church. So there you have it. There is the Life Church West Campus located at the Marcus Majestic Cinema. We believe that the possibilities are endless and the potential is eternal. It's going to be exciting to see what God does through Life Church to help reach the over 45,000 homes that are located within just a five mile radius of this location. That's Life Church. One church, two locations. And they thought they were just building a movie theater, huh? <laughs> Pretty cool. Well, we're going to ask Jeremy some questions, uh, our campus pastor for the West Campus. And uh, let's, these questions come from you from the communication card. Talk to us a little bit about Life Kids. What, we looked at the areas. Tell us a little bit about the ministry. Sure. Who's going to be there? Who's leading it? What's happening? Sure. Uh, essentially, again, in all, in all confidence, I can say that we're going to be able to do Life Kids ministry there exactly the same way in which we do it here. Uh, we'll have secured that whole hallway that we walk down. It's a secured hallway just for kids. They have their own bathrooms, all those things. Uh, Check-in areas will be the exact same process, procedure. 
uh, that we practice here at the Germantown campus. Um, uh, same curriculum, uh, literally as much of a carbon copy as we can possibly pull off is what we're going to be able to do. Um, I can tell you too that Pastor Kevin and Sharon, they're going to be personally involved with uh, Life Kids there at the West Campus as well. Cool. And there's going to be a gaming area there, iPads, is that what I heard? Gaming area with, uh, with iPads, which is actually, it's a, it's a far more cost effective and a cool um, thing for us to pull off there as well. Good, awesome. Now talk to us a little bit about the adult experience, the worship experience, what's going to be live, what's going to be video, how does that work, what does that look like? Sure. Um, as far as worship goes, worship will be live as well. We, we like a live worship experience. We pull it off really well here, and we will do the exact same thing uh, there as well. Uh, we will have our worship leaders that will kind of bounce back and forth between the different campuses. Uh, we like to be consistently inconsistent uh, with that, and uh, we, but we will have the same bands that will... Uh, that will be the main band on, on each campus. Um, we'll have other live activities. Basically, everything is live on that campus except the vi- except for the video teaching. Okay. Um, so we'll still do communication. We'll still do uh, prayer partners. We'll still uh, dedicate babies. We'll still do all those things uh, just as we would uh, here. We're at one of the services here at the Germantown campus. And then you're going to be speaking there how many times a year? Uh, I'll have the opportunity, uh, Lord willing and Pastor Aaron <laughs> willing. Uh, no. I will be speaking there anywhere from eight to ten times a year live, and uh, I'm guessing given your nature, you'll pull some surprise visits on us as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to be there probably live no more than about a dozen times, and and let's talk a little bit about that. This has been a question that I've gotten, is what does that look like? What does that mean for the Germantown campus? Well, I kind of have a philosophy that you dance with the one that brung you. Whatever got you here is what's going to keep you here, and we started this campus, Germantown, as a live venue, so that's going to be something we're going to strive to do to to be able to to continue to do it that way. Uh, I'm not going to be like recording the service on Saturday night and then eating Biscuits and gravy at Cracker Barrel on Sundays. That's a good idea, but it won't. Okay. But anyhow, um, but what's going to happen is, is some people say, well, when are you going to be, where are you going to be live? I'm always going to be here 530 Saturday night, live, live, always, because this is where we do everything. This is where we record everything. It's where everything happens. And then uh, majority of the time that, uh, that I'm speaking, if I'm speaking anywhere live, I'm going to be right here at 911. About a dozen or so times a year, though, I'm going to go to the West Campus, because again, that's a campus. Those are are people that are all part of the Life Church family, and I'm just going to be there live because uh, the service is going to be at 9:30, correct? Yep. 9:30. We're doing one service to begin, and then we'll be able to go to two services. Um, and so, when we launch on April the third, right? 9:30 live uh, there, and so that's gonna, we're going to be doing that there. But then what will happen is I will miss the nine o'clock here, which would be a video venue, and then um, but I will be back for the eleven o'clock. Does that make sense? But that's only about a dozen times a year. So just think of it as in a a missionary endeavor, an evangelist, if you would, that you're going to loan me across town for that kind of a deal. So, um, but that's pretty much what we're doing. This, we're going we're gonna to start this and keep this as a video venue, and that's what it's going to be. And so, um, and we talked about su- Sunday morning. One of the reasons why we do this is because Sunday morning is the most unchurched hour of the week. The, the biggest visitor flow that we have is at the 11 o'clock service here on this campus. And so typically, Saturday nights, 5.30, most of the people are regular attenders, and the same way at 9 o'clock. But this service here is the biggest. So what we're doing is, is we're, we, we can't recreate another Sunday morning, but we can take it to another, to another site, and that's basically what we're doing. And we've even got a strategy that once we get to about 80%, 70% capacity in that room, we're starting to run about 350 on that campus, that we'll go into two services on that campus, and we can do that. Again, with video, we could, we could absolutely do a live band and video in every one of the theaters in that deal, and it's all the same experience. That's the beauty behind this. So um, talk to us a little bit about why Majestic. How did we end up at the Majestic? I know that we started out... 
with the beginning being the idea we wanted to be at 164 and Capitol Drive, right there in the heart of Pewaukee. This is a few miles south of that. Talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah, we began with every intention of the Pewaukee campus um, and made that the main place in which I focused a lot of energy, looking for venues, looking for locations. Um, honestly, we ran into, there was nothing available on that intersection or anywhere even around there. Uh, we looked, municipalities weren't even necessarily uh, open to another church coming from a tax roll standpoint and conditional use, a lot of different things that uh, go into a church being in a community. Um, and so I can tell you that I've personally called over 100 properties. Uh, I personally visited over 40 properties, um, and we narrowed it down to the top six or seven, and Majestic was one of those on the list. And uh, I had contracts in hand for other venues, but the Majestic was a, a place that we, like, for whatever reason, it was taking a little bit of time to get that to come into surface, um, but it was worth the wait. And now that we've... Uh, now that we've fully looked at all the stats and we've been able to meet with them, um, the Majestic is exactly the place for us. Uh, again, we'd say that there's 46,000 homes within just a five-mile radius. Not people, but homes, right? Homes okay. within a five-mile radius. In comparison, we have 10,000 homes within a five-mile radius here at the Germantown location. Um, 950,000 people a year already visit the, the Majestic. Granted, they're going for a movie. We're going to put Jesus on that screen and believe that 950,000 people will come, oh, come on. for that as well. Um, mm -hmm. So... It's um, honestly the majestic from every, every detail, and it may seem small and insignificant, but uh, the staff there, I've gotten the opportunity to go and meet and, you know, and, and talk with them, and uh, they, they think it's cool. Your church wants to do this. This is cool. Uh, the sales lady, she, she's excited. She's going to schedule herself to work on Sunday morning. She's going to pay herself to go to church. She's amazed. <laughs> uh, she can't wait. You know? um, and, and even, again, it may seem small. Um, but they've given us this, a storage closet there, which on-site storage is huge. We don't have to buy a truck. We don't have to get a trailer. It doesn't have to be climate controlled. Don't have to like set that. up chairs. Don't have to set up chairs. We're using their projection. Um, I mean, honestly, plug and play, everything, uh, the technology that's there that is existing for us, to just be, it's almost as if it were designed for church. And um, it's a godsend. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is, again, I said this earlier, you know, we're not trying to, to get other people that are from other churches. And so this... Um, this theater offers that because uh, it, it makes it a very comfortable place for people that are far away from God to say, man, I go there on Friday nights or I was just here last week and I'm going to go to church here. And it's visible. Everybody knows, everybody on that Western Corridor knows where the Majestic's at, knows all of that. And uh, so anyhow, cool. Can I uh, just ask you a quick question, Pastor? Sure. I get this vibe a little bit from some people. Are you in any way, shape, or form going to be hurt or offended oh, man. if people from the Germantown campus... Might, might for whatever reason want to venture to the West Campus and, and serve or be involved, make that their home. No. I'm tired of these people. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. See, you laugh at me. No, no, here's the beauty of it. This is a great question. Here's the thing. People say, well, what happens with the deal? This isn't Jeremy's campus and this isn't my campus. This is Life Church. This is his. And so... For, for this period of time, God has seen fit to allow me to serve you and serve his kingdom here in the capacity of senior pastor. But I don't own this place. And for this period of time, God's seen fit for you to serve the kingdom of God through the capacity of the West Campus. So no, actually, because here's, here's the things that happen. I pray that the West Campus will just explode. When I heard that there was five times the population density there than there is here, I just 
Because to me, it's all about winning people for Christ. It's all about leading people for Christ. It's all about giving people hope and people that are far away from God. That's what it's all about. I, I, I don't care about steeples and stained glass and building buildings and budgets and numbers. It means nothing to me. It's all about this person's life was changed and this family was put back together and this marriage was healed and this was done. And so as much as we can do that. So the thing is, those of you that want to go to the West Campus, great, go. If you go over there and you don't like it, and you want to come to the, to the Germantown campus, fine. If you want to toggle back and forth week in and week out, whatever you want to do, you know, go, go help yourself. You know what I'm saying? If your schedule, you've got your kids have a soccer game in that area on Sunday, and it fits your schedule, go. Um, you've got a lake house in that area, call me. Um, <laughs> whatever, right? It's totally cool. And, and the thing that we hope happens is that we believe this will work. And if it takes off the way we think that it will, then what's going to happen? It's going to open up. Here's two things are going to happen. Number one, it's going to open up opportunities in the metropolitan Milwaukee for us to take what we're doing there to, uh, to all around the metropolitan area. And secondarily, I think, too, we, we had about 100 pastors that were here that are affiliated with our denomination on Tuesday, kind of doing a creative workshop, and it was at their request. And, uh, and, and our staff did workshop deals, and we were uh, kind of did a panel. And, and what I'm hoping is, is that other guys that go, I didn't know this could work. And they say to themselves, I got a computer, and I got a DVD player, and I, could, I know where there's a theater. That They'll try and do this, because it's all about kingdom. It has nothing to do with where. It's all about building the kingdom of God. So no, I, and, and the more seats that we have freed up here, uh, the means the longer we can stay in three services that are going to four. Because right now we're planning on doing four in the fall. And so, uh, so that's easier even on the staff, and it works. Uh, but let me do say that. Let me say this, though. We are believing to launch April the 3rd with 300 people on that campus. And uh, how, where are we at right now? I'd say at least 140. 140 people right committed. now that have already committed to be on that campus. And so we're believing to launch with that. I, I'm believing that it won't be very much longer before then we're able to go right, having to go into two services and try to, try to navigate that. And, uh, and again, it's all about reaching people.